Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590. The fan, a reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm your host, Alex Wong, still filling in for William Liu, and I'm joined in studio today by Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Big V, how are you, man? Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. You asked me to come through, so I came through. Yeah, you always come through, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I try. I yeah. try. Yeah. Anyways, what's up? You wearing a Team Canada kit? Is it because Canada was one of uh, 64 cities announced as a host to the 2026 World Cup? <laughs> it felt like that. It felt like 64 cities, right? Kansas City? <laughs> okay. 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 You go, Kansas City. Yeah, but shout out Toronto. Shout out Vancouver. Um, unfortunate for Edmonton. Oh, quite that's right. Make the cut, but that's right. Much love. Hopefully, be there some other time. Yeah. So, BMO Field is that where BMO they're going to play the games? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have we reached the uh, soccer talk limit yet? Yeah, we did get a four and a half star review mm. last time you were on. Mm. Uh, someone said, "If you keep talking soccer, I'm really going to stop listening." You know what? Apologies to that person. Skip ahead uh, 43 seconds. Let's hit up the YouTube comments, and we'll be right talking now. about the. Uh, NBA Finals, the end of the 2021-22 season. Golden State Warriors with a resounding victory Yeah, in Boston yesterday. Were you surprised by that? I feel like a lot of people were just penciling in a win for Boston, a bounce back to go to seven. Well, I knew it was going to be tough just because of the fact that Steph had an off night in game five. So you knew that he was not going to go 0 for 9 from 3. You knew he was going to bounce back, and that in itself was going to make it a tough night. Um, so I was surprised that Golden State was pretty much in control, and I was very surprised by that 21-0 run. <laughs> yeah, largest run in the finals in 50 years. So Boston got off to a 14-2 to lead, and it did look like you were going to pencil in a Game 7 for Sunday. And then the Warriors just went on this run and it just demoralized the Celtics and everything bad about the Celtics was on display last night, especially on the offensive end. I mean, all credit to to the Warriors defense, which was incredible in this series for the most part. But 22 turnovers, it just seemed like every other possession, it was a turnover. It was either a turnover or a bad shot. And they have the most annoying turnovers. (laughs) It's like... It's minimal ball pressure, and then it's like, okay, I have no idea what to do. There's almost yeah. like some some of those were like that Chris Middleton in that Raptors series in 2019 where it's right. like a little bit of ball pressure, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. What happened? Well, credit to the Celtics, you know, getting within two wins of winning it all without a superstar. You know, yeah. you have to give them credit. Mm-hmm. So Jason Tatum, 6 of 18, <laughs> 13 points, only two points in the second half, five turnovers. Do you know how many field goals he had in the fourth quarter in this entire final series? You might have seen it. Have you seen the stat? Six games. I'm going to guess three. He had six. He was six of 25 in the fourth quarter in this series. And wow. in the fourth quarter of the last three games, which they lost, he was three of 14 in the fourth quarter and had more turnovers, three turnovers in those fourth quarters than rebounds, which he had two. So, you know, I can finally put Jason Tatum in my Paul George tier. There you go. And be happy about it. That's what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The agenda's over. Yeah, you, you look at the way things played out for them. Obviously, injuries are just a part of every postseason. 
and, and you know how it shakes out is how it shakes out but I don't think they get past Milwaukee if Chris Middleton's healthy. Right. But again, those are all hypotheticals, and we yeah. can do that. Like, full credit to them yeah. for but, this playoff run. But what I mean is what, what you saw across these finals is very much a team that wasn't quite ready. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at those turnovers, that's not something you expect from a championship, like a true championship-caliber team. Yeah, and but at the same time, I mean, they were up 2-1. Yeah. They were up five points in the fourth quarter with about like six and a half minutes to go in game four. Mm-hmm. And it was right there for them. Because if they win game four, I think it'd be hard. I mean, the Warriors did just beat them three in a row, but, you know, yeah. three-one deficit. But I know th- the thing about them not being ready, and I know people point to how young the core guys are, right? Tatum's 24, Brown's 25, Smart's only 28. Even though it feels like he's been on the Celtics for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. But like they've had playoff experience before yeah so like i would push back a little bit in a way i know you know the final stage is different and this was their first time making it past the conference finals but it's still got to be frustrating knowing the way that they lost of course yeah because again when when you boil it down to those turnovers like in terms of when they were able to execute at their best they showed that they could be the better team so in some ways they will feel like they let it slip away. Like, if they could have just taken better care of the ball, they would have been right there. And so I think that's something that will sit with them through the summer and will make guys like Tatum and Brown, et cetera, better. Um, And to your point, the experiences, the fact that they've had so many experiences and they're still only 24, 25, that's a huge advantage, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like... I don't want to hear that, but yeah, go on. Yeah. It's not like they're 28, 29 and saying, okay, this is going to be tough. Yeah, well, full credit to the Warriors, though. And, I mean, Steph, 34, 7, and 7, like you mentioned, he bounced back, hit six threes. Unanimous finals MVP, finally got his finals MVP. I was worried there when Draymond was hitting those threes. (laughs) I was like, how many threes does Draymond have to hit for him to get one finals MVP vote? I would say say seven. If he hit seven last night... (laughs) I mean, even if he got to three, that's more than Sviva would have hit in a game oh, all season. Oh, come on, come on. But yeah. You've been on that all season. Oh, come on, man. I was <laughs> on that for half a season. And then I dropped it. But yeah. I mean, someone on Twitter said this. and It was really funny. When Draymond hit that three in the first quarter, it was like it's the first first quarter dagger in history. <laughs> and it did feel that way. And yeah. he had that nice little mid-range jumper too in the third quarter. Yeah. And I mean, they were they were in control, you know, the whole game, and, and Draymond ended up with 12 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Clay didn't play a great game. No. 5 of 20. But I think that's the story of these Warriors, right? Like, they are a diminished version of, like, past versions that we've seen of the Warriors. But Steph playing at this level makes almost everything else not matter. You know, they had Steph, and they had a great defense, and that was enough. At the end of the day... Having the best player in the series still matters. <laughs> yeah, the best player by far. Yeah. And and I know, like, I keep I keep saying this, but in the end, Boston just didn't have a star that could go toe-to-toe with a Steph Curry. Right. Which so. is interesting because, you know, Tatum, I thought, did an admirable job of trying to do that against Giannis. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so when after that series, you were thinking, okay, if he can stay at this level... 
Like, remember, what was it, 46 that he dropped to bring it back to Boston? Yeah, on the road in an elimination game. Yeah. yeah. So you put on a performance like that, now that becomes the expectation, mm-hmm. right? And kind of a victim of your own success in that way. And uh, there's been a lot of expectations for Jason Tatum. And the truth is, he was just very disappointing overall in this series. Yeah. And the Warriors' big three with Steph, Clay, and Draymond now 23-4. and four in playoff series all time. So they lost in 2013 to the Spurs. This was really the beginning of their run 2014 to the Clippers. And then once they started winning championships, they've only lost twice when they blew the three, one lead Mm -hmm. in 2016 to the Cavs. And as everybody knows in 2019 in the finals against the Raptors, like this is such an impressive stretch. Like I've seen people compare them today to the Tim Duncan era Spurs. A little different, I would say, because the Spurs won five titles in like 15 years. Yeah. And they never went back to back. Yeah. Whereas the Warriors are the fifth team since the 1950s to win four titles in an eight-year span. Mm. Really, truly impressive, man. Like, without KD, with KD, and after KD. The way that they've been able to do this. And the window's not closed yet. Like, when you think about this team... Clay coming off two years playing just the second half of the season, you would expect him to be better next season. Mm-hmm. Draymond, you'd expect him to at least man- maintain the same level yeah, in listen. terms of the intangibles that he brings to the table. You expect uh, Jordan Poole to be better, mm-hmm. Kaminga, Moody. Yeah. Like all these guys are going to come in and contribute. James Wiseman, too. Yeah. So yeah. the window is not even closed. Yeah, it'd be interesting next year to see how many of those guys they can integrate into the rotation. Because, I mean, they might lose Otto Porter in free agency. Right. I think he's played himself into a better contract. I think the expectation is Andre Iguodala, even though he wasn't a huge part of the rotation in this series, mm-hmm. is going to retire. I mean, I don't think you even mentioned, like, Gary Payton II as well. Yep. Played such a huge role in the series. Like, if, if you can And he was really solid last night, too. Yeah. And if you can integrate, say, just Kaminga and Wiseman into this, and you would expect Steph, even at age 34... To, to continue performing at this level, yeah, it's really scary to think about. But the West will be tougher next season, though. Right? Like, the Clippers are going to be back if they're healthy. Yeah. Same if healthy. Asterisk for Denver. Still still not counting out the Lakers. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be... You, you got to wait and see what they do. Yeah, I'm not going to say they're going to be at the top of the conference, anything like that, but I think... We've reached a point where we might be counting out a LeBron, a team with LeBron and AD a little bit. The rest of the roster is pretty bad. That's what I'm saying. As is, yeah. I would I would count them out of that contender status. Right. Like something, there needs to be some kind of shakeup in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so as is, I would rule them out. But if they can make some improvements beyond LeBron and AD, then sure, you, you can put them in the conversation again. Yeah, Dallas. Phoenix. Well, actually, we'll see about Phoenix. We'll see. <laughs> I feel like Phoenix might be going through some changes. But the Warriors were also very aware of all the talk about them the last couple of years, right? Two years ago, they had the worst record in the league, 15 and 50. They were one of a handful of teams that didn't even get invited to the bubble. Last year, they made the play-in and lost two games to the Lakers and Grizzlies. Uh, here's uh, Steph Curry after the finals talking about all the haters. Clearly remember some experts and talking heads putting up the 
big zero of how many championships we would have going forward because of everything that we went through. So we hear all of that and you carry it all and try to maintain your purpose, not let it uh, distract you, but you carry that, that weight and to get here, it all comes out. So it's, it's, uh, it's special. Yeah, it was cool seeing Steph just let all his emotions out at the end of the game. And, and trust me, like, I don't want to be one of those people that discredits the two championships that they won with KD, but, <laughs> but no, I, I think it's fair to say this one meant more. Like, yes. I don't think that's discrediting no. the other championships. No. Right? It's like, you know, the, the one in Cleveland for LeBron will always mean more than mm-hmm. the other ones. Like, I think for them to have gone through that transition period where KD kind of assumed the throne for a little bit and then he exits and then you think it's all falling apart now and the window is closed and now they come back and get one with Steph so clearly the best player. I think I think he's feeling pretty good. And I, honestly, I enjoyed watching, you know, scornful Steph. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see that there was that chip on his shoulder. He knew the comments about, oh, he hasn't won a finals MVP. And he was leaving no doubt who the finals MVP was. Yeah, they time. said his wife can't cook. Yeah. He took that personally, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he called himself the petty king. Petty after... stuff is very enjoyable. Yeah. Speaking of petty stuff, here's Clay Thompson after winning the championship, remembering a tweet, I believe, from March from Jaron Jackson of the Grizzlies. Regular season. So this was a collective effort, and strength in numbers is alive and well. <laughs> I can't wait. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. <laughs> I can't wait to retweet that thing, freaking bum. That, I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking clown. Okay. 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 Sorry. That memory just popped up. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. Yeah. I mean, they consumed all the hate for, for years. I love the petty of not even being willing to acknowledge his name. Yeah. Like, Clay knows who who was. But it was like... Yeah. That clown in Memphis. <laughs> Didn't even mention him by name. I saw some people being like, oh, you got bigger things to worry about after winning a championship. No, man. When when you succeed in life, yeah, you think of the haters first. <laughs> like I love that's that. That's the goal. And, and Draymond as well. Shouts, Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, shouts to Draymond. You know, somehow his podcast became like the central talking point of this series early on and he was struggling yeah no question about it and was basically benched in game four when steve kerr needed that game in the fourth quarter and he bounced back with two really good performances so full credit to draymond too recorded his podcast on on the podium in the arena so yeah he he did what he had to do man the last two games he was great Mm-hmm. He, he did Draymond things, impacted the game exactly the way he needed to. And then you have Andrew Wiggins doing his thing. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Wiggins. We haven't got to Wiggins. Yeah, sorry. Canadian content. 18-9 and nine for the finals. It was incredible. I'll, I'll play Jason Tatum. The second most consistent 
player for the Warriors this entire playoff run. Second best player in this series overall. Yeah. Right? No question. Steph and Andrew Wiggins. Um, I'm thrilled for Wiggins. Draped himself in the Canadian flag. Represent. Yeah, I mean, you remember. Like, the hype around Wiggins was insane. It was crazy. Maple Jordan. Yeah. Never forget. Yeah, and, you know, his story, too. Getting drafted number one overall by the Cavs. Then, obviously, a couple weeks later, LeBron goes back. Writes the I'm coming home letter. Leaves out Wiggins. Yeah. And then he gets shipped to Minnesota for for Kevin Love. And that's credit to the Warriors front office too, right? Because they basically flipped Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. to D'Angelo Russell to Andrew Wiggins. But nobody could have thought they were acquiring the second best player in an NBA final series next to Seth. No. That's just a great case study in how much situation and organization matters. Right. And Mm -hmm. you think about all the hate and criticisms, some of it very valid that Andrew Wiggins took while he was in Minnesota. And you put him in a different situation where he doesn't have that level of expectation, where he has an organization that that is genuinely striving for excellence. Obviously, now with different ownership coming into play, it might be a bit different in Minnesota. Uh, But while he was there, it's night and day between what that. Timberwolves franchise was and what the Warriors have been about this past decade. Yeah, and I think especially in this era now, players just don't get the time to really grow and develop and evolve and change during their careers. Because we have daily radio shows and we have to talk about sports all the time. And we're just so quick to write off players after a bad series, after a bad season, or mm-hmm. define them by like their first five years in the league. And he's, you know, he's always walked around with the number one overall thing hanging over him. Yeah. Because the expectations are so different in that regard. But I'm really happy for Wiggins, man. I'm just really happy. And if a part of, you know, Toronto or Canada, you know, feels a sense of pride, you know, watching him win the championship, I think that's great. Yeah, because even while Wiggins was with the Warriors uh, until this run, a lot of the conversation was still, oh, when are they going to flip him for an actual piece? You know what I mean? Like, let's get Bradley Beal. Yeah. Or let's even think about Ben Simmons. Yeah. We saw those Pascal Siakam rumors. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Should we revisit? No, just kidding. (laughs) And so he's he's owned all of that. He's, He's taken it, and now he's here. And there's not really much anyone can say. Yeah, now he's got a... Is he part of this Team Canada program? Because I know they announced the roster recently. He's, he's right? not part so, of... Okay. So like he's not part of that commitment, commitment, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Which I think is... You know, I think being in that warrior situation, like especially right now, I could see him just wanting the summer off. Sure. Right? And part of the commitment was that, hey, you have to be mm-hmm. at the training camp and... Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for guys like, say, a Jamal Murray, who mm-hmm. next year will be expected to go deep into the postseason. So what's that going to mean where you commit? But, you know, now you're in this playoff run. What happens? So, you know, maybe he's saying no for those reasons, and then we'll see where it's at. But let's not forget, when Canada was trying to get to the Tokyo Olympics, he was a part of that. And he pretty much put Canada on his back in that semifinal game and almost 
got them over the hump. Yeah, we don't talk about that Czech Republic game, man. That was <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, he hit he hit, he hit that incredible shot though, right? To to, to tie to the tie game. the game. Yeah. yeah, force overtime. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When it comes to Team Canada, we always talk about how much talent there is, but there is like a, a better version of this Canada team. Yeah, if you can add the guys that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like the Wiggins, like the Murrays, then you're really talking. SGA, but, yeah, yeah. If they show up, it's gonna that's be fun another to watch. level. Like yeah. that's another level. Yeah, I mean, no, no disrespect to like you know the Lou Dorts, the Dwight Powells. Yeah, yeah. But but you're adding like star guys. Who else should we shout out? Shout out Mark Tatum, filling in for yeah. Adam Silver. He was ready. Yeah, no, he was excited too. Yeah. I, I really appreciated the enthusiasm. Yeah. You know? It was like, you know, Al Hor- Horford making a final appearance <laughs> after 15 years. It was like me filling in for Will this week. Can you hear the <laughs> excitement in my voice? I can barely contain it. Shouts to Steve Kerr. Nine titles now. Man. Player, coach. Let's talk about this. With, he's he's with coming the, for Bill Russell. Yeah. I, I'm, I, was, I was talking about this, I think, with Joe Cash on the show last week. Like, Steve Kerr has seen every era. Right, like modern day. Yeah, part of the part, part of the Michael Jordan era. Mm-hmm. Part of those Bulls teams. Yeah, he was on the Spurs for a little bit with mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. He was part of those Phoenix Suns teams as a head coach and then an executive. Yep, and that touched the the Kobe era in a way because because mm-hmm. the Lakers and Suns ran into each other. He's been part of the LeBron era with these Warriors, right? Yeah, obviously part of the Steph era. Had KD as well. Like, starting the 90s until now, like, Steve Kerr has been involved He's with every yeah. single dynasty, every That's single crazy. championship team. What a ride. And yeah. he's, he's talked about how, you know, being on the Bulls team, going up against the Jazz and Jerry Sloan's offense, then being with Popovich and the Spurs, like, how that's influenced his coaching and mm-hmm. how he views offense and all of that. And so... You know, you get all these different styles, and you put to get put, you know put put your own stamp on it, and you know it's kind of undeniable what he's been able to do as a head coach. How do you think Mike Brown feeling on the podium last night as he's celebrating, and then he's like, "Damn, <laughs> off I got Kings. I got to put on my Sacramento Kings polo <laughs> when I get off the flight." Oh man, yeah. That's tough. No, congrats to Mike Brown getting back into... It's a head coaching opportunity. Getting back into the head coaching circle. This reminds me a little bit of when Elvin Gentry won with the Warriors as an assistant. Mm. And then he went to New Orleans. Right. I still remember there's this clip of him celebrating in the locker room. And he was like, AD, we're going to be back here next year. Spoiler, it did not happen. No. No, it did not happen. No. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. But hey, man, head coaching opportunities are few and far between. Yeah, so congrats congrats to the Warriors and congrats to the Celtics for, you know, being the best team to almost win a championship. Did you have any Raps takeaways from watching the series? Like, are they really far? Any of that kind of stuff? Well, you know, the one thing I was thinking of was, you know, the Celtics opened their home schedule this season uh, by getting beat down by, by Scotty Barnes. And, um, you know, they ended it by getting beat down by Steph Curry. Just two, two generational talent, you know, mm-hmm. nice little bookend. But, yeah, I think the, the one thing people have talked about is that the Division 6-9 that the Raptors have, 
you saw some of that in this series, right? Yep. Because it was really just the wing guys who play. You didn't have anybody, I think, over like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, mm-hmm. right? So in a way, if you're looking from a team building standpoint, feel like Masai and the front office have to be encouraged. In terms of how close the Raptors are, I mean, I think, I think they should feel encouraged too looking at the way the Celtics have built their team, right? And you, you look at Scotty, you look at Pascal, you look at the other pieces here, you can see a version of that. Mm-hmm. But I think the key thing for the Raptors is going to just have to be patience. Yeah. Right? Like this is going to take a couple of years. Like Scotty's not going to just come back and be a superstar and do everything right next season. Right. Even Giannis took how many years? I mean, Scotty's ahead of the curve because he's played basketball longer. I think he came in had a way better rookie season. Yeah. Then and Giannis, but this is going to take time. No, no matter how many off-season workout videos we see of Scotty Barnes hitting those threes <laughs> in an empty gym, I will not be swayed. And that's where the Celtics are a valuable lesson, right? The fact that they had these losses before mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And even this season, you could have looked at the first half of the, se- of the season and said, oh my God, they got to break it up. You know, when all those rumors were like, yeah. oh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just don't work together. Yeah. And they stuck maybe, with it. Maybe they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They should revisit that. No, but think about the roster at the start of the season. It. Yeah. But even think about like they had Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. They had Ennis Freedom. Mm. Like it was a different team. That was a different team. Right. And then the legend of Ime Udoka. Legend of Ime Udoka. Yeah. Um, legend of Derek White. He came through until these finals. Yeah. The, the he, bench, the bench really hurt them in this series. They they yeah. didn't have. Any. He was big against the Heat, and you know, some sometimes that's the way it is in the playoffs, right? Like role players, they might have one series, but not the next one. Like you think about Fred Van Vliet in that championship run. The first two series, he was pretty much non-existent, and then all of a sudden, the Bucks and the Warriors came, and he was lights out. Yeah, sometimes it's just like that. All right, so real quickly, looking at the East next season. Mm-hmm. 2023 preview. Here we go. How, how do you have the East stacking up just looking forward without obviously free agency trades and all the things that are happening? I'm assuming everybody's going to have Boston just pegged. Boston and Milwaukee, I would say. Pegged at the yeah, top. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Miami will be right there again. Yeah. I think, I'm really curious what Miami's going to do in the offseason. How do we feel about Philly? I feel nothing about Philly. <laughs> Philly's, I, I think we need to reposition Philly as uh, a hilarious franchise. It's a franchise that spent a decade tearing it down, building it back up, yeah. and have considered themselves to be contenders mm-hmm. for the past four or five years, but haven't. Over me? Am I as hair over me? God. Shout out to Derek ha- They haven't gone out of the second round. So I'll pay as much attention to them as I do the Utah Jazz, mm. which is not that much. That's fair. I don't put I really harsh but fair. I don't put Philly in that tier. I accept that. Yeah, I think you're being very reasonable. I think Philly's more in the Toronto tier. Mm. It'd be interesting to see who else is in that tier, though. Like, is Atlanta had a down year? Because yeah, once you once you get past that top three, you can look you can look at rosters, you can look at the teams, and you can kind of see the gaps. Mm-hmm. And you can see the weaknesses. Um, so, you know, 
I think I'm with you. I think that next year after Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Toronto can be right there. I think the biggest thing we're going to be looking out to see is how much further the three-point shooting comes along. Mm -hmm. That's obviously a big weakness for the team. The encouraging thing is beyond what you said about the Vision 6-9 and you see all that switchability come to fruition in the postseason is just defense overall being a theme in the playoffs. Yep. And if you have a strong defense, which the Raptors were top five pretty much since December 31st, Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be encouraged about. And that was, you know, them really coming to grips with Nick Nurse's schemes, uh, Precious Achua really coming along, um, Scotty Barnes being better than he was the first couple months uh, on the defensive end. Um, and so that's what should, should get you excited if you're a Raptors fan. Yeah, I really appreciate you injecting this Raptors content into this segment. I got you. thought you were just going to bring soccer <laughs> content. My we search we for, can go uh, back to that anytime you want. My search for a Premier League team continues, continues but, but you as a Man United fan, basically you and Faisal, happy birthday to Faisal. Both Happy of you, birthday, Faisal. Both of you have just told me to like not don't be do part it. of the Man U fan base. Don't do it. Like you it's, guys, you guys have been scarred. It's not a good time. Like you don't, you're not even like making a case or anything. You're just like, don't do it. Yeah. Okay, I've crossed them off the list. Good. I've got the Wolves. <laughs> Where are they from? Um, I've got uh, Man City, obviously. Hampton. Man, Man City. Okay. As, you know, yeah, a front-runner mentality. Of course. Generational wealth. Uh, I'm considering Liverpool, too, actually. Mm. But, uh, man. You don't think that's fun? Just, I can, I can, I just I can feel pick like... Will's brain about it, though, like, all the time. Yeah, that, that could be Watch cool. But... And Denver Bar's in here. <laughs> Out comes Minilay, but Bar punishes of all people. Steven Gerrard. It's a terrific moment for Chelsea, but an awful one for the Liverpool. Oh, we're, just, we're just going to play this the rest of the show. <laughs> Sound, sounds like a, not a very good moment there for... For Liverpool. For yeah, you I should uh, pick Will's brain about it next week. Yeah. No, I'm still I'm still on the hunt. So, you know, if anybody wants to recruit me. Yeah. Trying to find a team. No, but we'll, we'll, we can talk more Raptors after the break, though, because Fred did an interview with the media this week, had some comments mm-hmm. that I thought were pretty interesting. Pick your brain about it. I know you watched the Adam Sandler new Netflix film, Hustle. Yes, I did. Yeah. Upon your instruction. Yes, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. Because it's Friday. It's killing time Friday now. All right. I think that's a good spot for us to take a break. I'll continue my conversation with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com when we come back. I'm your host, Alex Wong. You're listening to the Raptors show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I'm your host, Alex Wong. Continue to be joined in studio by Big V, Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. It's Friday, so we want to give our usual shout-out, starting with producer Derek Brandeo to Jennifer Rolnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. Shout-out! Producer Rob, Ryan Fabro, who just texted me and said that he's also a United fan, and he's like, don't do it. <laughs> What's wrong with all you guys? Um, never seen that. If anybody wanted to be a Raptors fan, no one, would anyone say don't do it? There is no Manchester United right now. It's Glazers FC. That's why you don't do it. All right. We can't dive into this right now. Soccer is just really messy. 
Kyle Crabe, Dan Toman, Greg Sansoni, Pat Flash. Thanks to Friday, all the guests, co-hosts this week, Savannah Hamilton, Blake Murphy. Shouts to Jeremy Lin for the sit-down. Clement Chu, by the way, everybody, check out the CCYA Celebrity Classic. Tickets are on sale now. Go to ccya.org for more details. Lee Ben Osman, who graduated, officially graduated this week. Wow. Yeah. I think he graduated like two years ago, but because of the pandemic, they didn't have their ceremony. So I've been seeing people just, you know, it's like a staggered thing, I guess. He's Toronto's Jason Tatum. Damn. It's not an insult. Um, Vivek Jacob. Shouts to Vivek Jacob. Any shout outs from you, Big V? Not really. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> Damn. Just help me fill two minutes, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Set you up. And you're like, no. Happy birthday, Faisal Kamisa, once again. Yes, let's do that. Shout out, Faisal. <laughs> yeah. Former. We're, we're both uh, hoping to cover the 2026 World That's Cup. That's right. You and me both, brother. Sh- shout out, S. <laughs> no, I'm going to. Me and you. Me and you should call a soccer game. Shout out, Cash. Hoping yeah. to celebrate Italy being back at the World Cup. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Why are, you, why are you trolling people? Come on. Damn. Raptors news and notes. So Fred spoke to the media early this week. And I believe this was Adam from the Daily Hive who asked him a question because there's been a lot of talk of Fred being eligible for an extension this summer. It would be three years, $89 million, I believe is what the Raptors can offer him. Otherwise, he can head into free agency after next season. And Fred said that he would love to remain a Raptor the rest of his career called Toronto a match made in heaven. This is great news to hear. We'd love for Fred to finish his career here. It'd be great. I think this is part of, you know, the transition that the franchise has made where players come and they really embrace the city and uh, the culture and the organization because they see what it's about, right? You see more and more of these players who are in tune with winning and just, you know, recognize franchises that are about it and franchises that aren't and make decisions accordingly. You see Toronto pop up on players' lists when they want out more often. And I think, you know, this is another case in point where someone's happy and they see no reason to change. Yeah, and and I mean, I think we talked about it a few times, maybe even with you too is if you really look that far ahead and Fred ends up spending his entire career here, he could have a Kyle Lowry-level legacy mm. with the Raptors. I mean, this is very far ahead. Right. I think you'd need, a, you'd need some more success, especially in the postseason. But yeah, it's, 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 great. it's great to hear players coming here and, and viewing the organization in this way. But I'm still always like, man, we, we got to land like one free agent one time. That's the one thing that's missing about this organization, right? A big free agent being like, yeah, I'm coming here. Kevin Durant, request that trade, man. Look at that Brooklyn <laughs> roster. Really? Ball. Look at look at that look at that Brooklyn roster. Would Shea do it for you? Or would that still be oh no, he, he No, I, he's I think Shea'd be great. Okay. You know, there's been so much talk about this new crop of Canadians. Yeah. Let's see one of these star guys. Come here. Why, you know, why don't they start a group chat and do a super team? That would be great. I'm back on board with super teams. 
I think we should build a Canadian super team. But I do think that's the one thing missing. You know, you talk so much about the Raptors being one of the model franchises. You talk about players speaking glowingly about the franchise and the stability with the front office and this decade-long run of success outside the Tampa season that doesn't count. That's the one, that's the one missing thing for me. Maybe it'll happen. Does, does an organization need to be able to do every single aspect of it to be recognized as a model franchise? No. And I ask that in the sense that I think on some level, Masai has recognized that. Mm-hmm. And so he's been opportunistic in sort of combating that where he says, okay, maybe we won't get that top tier free agent mm-hmm. to commit, but hey, if there's an opportunity like Kawhi Leonard, we'll go pursue that. If, say, we see someone like Terrence Ross at sort of, you know, the peak of their value, we're going to, instead of just losing them for nothing, we're going to turn that into a Serge Ibaka as opposed to trying to have a free agent conversation with Serge Ibaka. And then we'll take it from there. You know, you look at Norman Powell being turned into Gary Trent Jr. So things like that, I think, are ways you can combat it. Uh, and so... You know, maybe you don't feel the weight of, oh, a free like a major, major free agent hasn't come over yet. No, I, th- I think those are all valid points. I would even say, you know, doing the sign and trade when Kyle wanted to leave and, and getting Precious Achua as part of the roster, right? Because he's going to be a, a big piece moving forward. And it's funny, you think about model franchises. We talk about the Spurs and the Warriors earlier. I mean, San Antonio drafted their core guys, yeah, right? Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Even the Warriors, I think the Warriors are looked at differently because they landed KD Both during the 2016 teams. summer. Yeah, but like, look at the Warriors, right? Draymond, Steph, and Clay, right? Draymond, Draymond was the second rounder, right? Yeah, he was 35th, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Shouts to the Timberwolves, by the way. So they pass up on Steph during that draft. They got twice. Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio, right? Yeah. Yeah, pass on him twice. And, and they gave uh, Wiggins to, <laughs> to the Warriors. <laughs> Give the Wolves a ring. Oh, man. Yeah, give the Wolves an honor. But that's what I'm saying. It's that, yes, there are many different ways to do it. And we all know the obvious free agency destinations. You know, the Lakers are always in the mix, even though they're run very differently than a lot of other franchises. Miami's always in the mix. All those places. Which makes the the run that the Raptors have had in in the past decade even more impressive, in my opinion, right? Because you have to navigate through some of these, you know, weaknesses, not not weaknesses, but like things that, you know, you, you know you're not going to be a player in free agency. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, Scotty develops into a star. I think the reputation of this organization continues to grow, you know. But I think that's what's so great about Masai and the rest of the front office, right? Like, I think in the past, we've sort of magnified those weaknesses and taken it as okay, well, this situation just is what it is. Whereas Masai and the rest of the front office has said, okay, we can't do that, but there's other ways we can create a competitive advantage. We will build through the 905. We will draft well. We will trade well. And we will yeah. win in Toronto. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for that. I was like, do a Masai cosplayer right now? What's going on, man? <laughs> Looking at me with that intensity too, man. Like, Calm down, V. NBA draft coming up next week. Who you, who you got the Raptors taking with a 33rd pick, Vivek Jacob? Give me your top 20 predictions. My top 20 no, I'm just predictions. Kidding. I'm just kidding, man. Don't, we're not talking about the draft. Blake Murphy, passing the baton on to Blake Murphy next week. He'll be filling in for Will. 
So he's got lots of draft content mm-hmm. next week. So we'll leave it all up to him. Oh, he's got you covered. I don't know anything about this draft. Shouts to Shaden Sharp. Yeah. Anyways, in that same interview, Fred was talking about how he's open to changing his role as the team grows and develops. He said, quote, I have no issues taking a step back if it makes the team better. I think that was a cool thing to hear from Fred, too. Uh, you know, especially in a year where he took on a bigger role. I think there was a concerted push to get him into the all-star game, which he made. I but believe to, that was a factor. Yeah. And, but, but to, like, hear that from Fred, I think it's really refreshing and I've always said for the Raptors to get to the optimal version of themselves, you cannot be running Fred into the ground. The optimal version, Fred is playing 30 to 32 minutes. I know that's very hard to fathom coming off this season because it seemed like every minute that Fred was on on the floor, the Raptors looked like a lottery team. Yeah. And I think when you have Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam showing how capable they are with the ball in their hands, you see the path to create that environment where you have point Scotty, you have point Pascal and you know, you have Fred now running off screens, getting more catch and shoot opportunities, um, you know, playing more of the role that he was akin to on that championship run. And so if he can do more of that um, and then you can manage his minutes load better, makes for a better long-term outlook for his career, right? And you mentioned that number, 30, 32 minutes. I could see a scenario where, you know, obviously right now you're continuing to grow in this current makeup. But I could see maybe three, four years from now where you say, okay, Fred, we can keep you still at 30 minutes, but you can almost be like this great six-man type Mm-hmm. coming off the bench still you know maybe it comes down to 28 to 30 but you can still play that same role and that's where you know long term you say hey yeah maybe this is a beautiful fit if he sees himself playing it out that way yeah i wonder too when they talk about extensions or when he signs his next contract whether he is willing to to give a little discount too. Yeah, because because those those talks will be interesting because he, he can command a lot of money right now, but you have to look at his age and you have to look at his role as he changes. Like, how willing is he to to kind of give up a little bit of that as well, right? So, if he declines his player option, mm-hmm. he could extend for four years, one fourteen million. Right? How Would comfortable you, are you with that? Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I can see people not being comfortable with that though. You look at, you know, some injury history. Mm-hmm. You look at as he ages, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think the Raptors value him a lot more than, like, say, another team would. Just when you add in all of the, like, intangible stuff that you love to talk about with Fred. Yeah. Right? No, he's the heart and soul of the team. He's the voice of the team. Right. That and, matters. And then we saw how passionate Masai was at, at the season-ending press conference talking about Fred. Because Fred's the one guy who doesn't fit into that. Fred Van Vliet is right. <laughs> He's actually <Okay>. right. <laughs> Still trying to figure out where. Well, we're going to get to the bottom of the context of that one day. <laughs> we really just say anything. Um, yeah, Fred Van Vliet is right. I don't know why. But yeah, you know, he's the outlier in terms of how they've built this team. But Masai clearly values all of that. All right. Before we go, you watched the Adam Sandler 
uh, lead film, Hustle. Accurate. Yeah, thoughts thoughts on Hustle? What you got? I enjoyed it, man. Yeah. It was a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for the basketball nerds, man. Are we doing spoilers, no spoilers? Oh, yeah, spoilers, you know. We're going to be talking about Hustle the last five minutes. Okay. I feel like it's not one of those movies where, you know, yeah, you can be it can be ruined. So, I mean, I thought that scene on the bus was hilarious. Bo Cruz and Stanley yes. Sugarman. Bo Cruz played by Juancho Hernan Gomez. Gomez, who was great in this movie. Yeah. He was carrying, he was carrying a cricket bat, you were saying? When yeah. We first, when, when we first met him? No, no, no. So the first, first time was the bus. Yeah. When... Uh, he follows him to Adam his Sandler apartment. was using the Google Translate. Right. And that was just very awkward. Yep. And then Adam Sandler decided to go follow him to his house. Yep. Um, and for whatever reason, Juancho Hernan Gomez shows up with a cricket bat hmm. to chase him away. All right. You got to get to the and bottom of this. I was like, I don't know where you got a hold of that cricket bat. Yeah. In Spain. A lot of great, uh, lot of great acting from NBA players. That Wancho was really good, very convincing. Mm-hmm. And then you you got some Ramped Raptors content. You got a Jose Calderon <laughs> and Sergio Scariolo. Well, yeah, Scariolo's not with the team, but yeah, but Kyle know. Lowry, you know, yeah. I'll put Kyle Lowry in there too. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Lowry just basically played himself. <laughs> he was an <laughs> asshole. That's it. He was hanging out with Matisse Thybul. Yeah. Would you think of uh, Kenny Smith giving Adam Sandler the twenty-two nickname? Oh yeah, double deuce. Every every kind of way he could say twenty-two. Yeah. I think Kenny that was, thought, that was his role in the movie. I think Kenny thought this was his movie. Yeah, Ken, Kenny. Like, Kenny was one of the. He, I put him in the good acting performance bucket of this film as well. Mm-hmm. I put I put Kyle in the bad acting. <laughs> Wasn't very impressed with Kyle. Yeah, from an acting standpoint, Anthony Edwards was good too. So, yeah, Anthony Edwards was very solid. Yeah, um, the scene where well, we saw that scene time and time again. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, running up the top of the hill, Adam Sandler, literally chasing him with the car. Yeah. What gets you to the top of the hill? What gets me? If you put 10 Big Macs up there. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me there's 10 Big Macs and you put the stopwatch on? Yeah. I'm about to be Usain Bolt, man. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? What has to be at the top of the mountain for you? Just give me five screens with five different screens. Uh, A Man Man United, uh, you know, Champions League uh, berth. Is that enough for you? No, it's going to take more than that. Okay. It's going to take more than top four at this point. Wow. Okay. Still keeping expectations high. I mean, I don't expect anything. I am completely divested from watching this team for, we'll see how long. Um, The Utah slander and the credits. Yes. Um, did you, did you, there was an Andrea that Bargnani. That was unnecessary. There was an did, Andrea, not need, did not need to see that Anthony Edwards dunk <laughs> on Utah again. There was an Andrea uh, Bargnani joke too. Yeah. They were talking about him as a, as a bust. Yeah. You got, well, actually you, a you lot got of all, all these great nuggets. Yeah. You had the Brad Stevens appearance. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's in the bad acting bucket as well. Yeah. Listen, there's no uncut gems, you know. You can't top that, but it was a cool movie. Adam fun. Sandler's a sports movie king, man. It's a sports movie and it was fun. And yeah, just don't expect you know something groundbreaking. Don't expect uncut gems. It was a fun story. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's all there, it's supposed there's to be. Our, there's That's a all it's supposed of, to be. There's a review of hustle. Let's let's see what else. Oh yeah, we got to save this for the off season. But at some point in the off season, we got to do a pod about changing uh, the rules of of the NBA. <laughs> Remember, we sat down. We had sushi recently. 
Yeah. And we're talking about making the regular season matter more. Adding in some... We just change the entire league. English Premier League style, you know, get some relegation in there. Zero input from the border governors. We can do as we please. Yeah. I was pushing to cap three-pointers at 20. Oh, yeah. I Each team that. is only allowed to shoot 20 threes in a game. So yeah. you have to select judiciously. Do you want to fire off the threes in the first? You want to save it for the fourth? It'd be exciting, too. Think about, like, if the Warriors were playing. Yeah. And they're at 18 threes with five minutes to go. That would be wild. I, I, I do want to see the court expanded. I think the corner threes become kind of a gimmick. Yeah. Um, so I do want to see the court expanded to make it a full arc. Okay. I'd like to see that. By the way, random um, Squid Game. Did you see they're making like a real version of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you signing no, up? No, that was not the point of Squid Game, guys. <laughs> to make a real Squid Game. <laughs> Trying to get on Big Brother, though. Someone get me on Big Brother. All right. Vivek, always appreciate you. Always appreciate you. That does it for us for today. Wait, uh, I'm your host, Alex Wong, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show. We? On Sportsnet 590, the fan, make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, please rate and review. Thanks again to Vivek Jacob. Thanks again to Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick. Again, Blake Murphy will be filling in, hosting the Raptor show next week, and then Will Lou is back on Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody.